Welcome to Mindset and Money Mastery for Photographers, the podcast. We help overwhelmed photographers make more money while simplifying their business by mastering their, you guessed it, mindset and money. Tune in each week for practical and actionable tips to take your photography business up a notch. Let's dive right in. Today, I am super excited to have Tina Salmon join us on the podcast, and we're going to talk about one of my favorite topics. Y'all know if you listen to the podcast, I love all things mindset and what I call the woo-woo side of being a business owner. I think it's incredibly important to recognize that we can't just be business owners. We also have to grow as people as we develop our businesses. And that's why I try to bring in experts in the mindset business type area to share their expertise and hopefully a different perspective on mindset from what you might have heard me or other guests talk about. So Tina, do you want to start out and introduce yourself and tell everybody who you are and what you do? Sure. Hi, everyone. My name is Tina Salmon, and I am the CEO and founder of Coachanizer. I'm also a licensed therapist and a business wellness coach. I help overworked, successful business owners avoid burnout so they can prioritize themselves, spending time with their families as they grow their businesses. I love that. And I think the the timing of this is perfect. I don't know that I told you this, Tina, but I actually took a small break from the podcast over the summer to just give myself some time to breathe and not have so many things on my plate, which I think all of us sometimes can be all too good at loading ourselves up and then going, oh my gosh, what am I doing? Um, I have overloaded myself and I need to simplify and take a break and a take a breather for some things. So I think the timing of having you here is perfect as well. Today, we're going to dive into the whole idea of a money narrative. And for those of you who are listening to this, you might have heard the podcast episode last season when I talked to my own personal mindset coach, Christina Bold. And we talked a little bit about money and our our thoughts on money and how it impacts us. But today, we're really going to talk about that money narrative and how that can impact your business. And honestly, I would go as far to say it can keep you from making money and charging money and feeling confident, like just going out and putting yourself out there as a business owner. So Tina, do you want to introduce kind of what a money narrative is for people who might be listening to this? Sure. So as I do with everything that I talk about, you know, that we define a word or a phrase based on our lived experience. We may have some idea, but I always like to start off and read it like, what does the dictionary say? What it says in black and white? Because our definitions of things is based on our lived experience, which is ties in specifically with what we're talking about money narrative. So it says a narrative is a story that we create about a certain subject, in this case, money, right? It's based on our account of a series of lived events or experiences. Uh, we create these narratives by using our five senses, what we see, what we hear, what we touch, what we taste, and what we smell, or a combination of those things, right? We also include these narratives from our caretakers, so like our mom, our dad, our grandpa, our grandma, aunties. We also get it from our peers, like, you know, as you're in school and you're identifying what certain cool kids are doing. Like you're you're developing narratives about different topics based on your lived experiences and also a big influence. And that's what we're seeing more abundantly at this time is we also get influence from the celebrities or 
social media. And that's why there's a lot of anxiety and different things are happening currently based on our narratives about certain topics, including money and which is applicable to us as business owners. We see certain people on social media and we think certain things about money and how it should be made. I think this is so important as business owners and primarily what I teach photographers has to do with charging money so you can make money. In order to do that, you have to kind of sell your work and your art and your portraits. And so many times, like we start talking about money and how much money you actually need to charge to make a good living doing this. And I ask people, what number did you come up with and how does that make you feel? And everyone is like, I am terrified. That is scary to think I have to make thousands of dollars per client. Like, holy crap, this is insane. You're crazy. There's no way people can do this. No one's going to pay this much money for what I have. I'm not worth that. And I'm like, but I'm sitting here telling you my clients do it every day. There's thousands of other photographers that will tell you their clients do it every day. They're like, yeah, but it, it will never happen for me. And at that point, I'm like, okay, we got to look into this. Where is this coming from? Like, why do you feel like this? And I think our money narrative kind of shapes this. So I'm going to share my story of when I realized that my money narrative and the things that have happened in my life were really impacting my business very briefly for those of you that haven't heard it. And I think this will help y'all identify this. And then Tina can share some tips on like how to identify these things in your own life and your business. In my personal life, my husband and I got married. We put our entire wedding on credit cards. We could not afford to pay for our wedding. And then after we got married, we went and did good old Dave Ramsey and we learned how to pay off our debts. And I became the debt, I don't even know what to call myself. I was like debt crazy. Like we had a spare penny paying off debt. We weren't doing anything fun. We weren't doing anything luxurious. I was going to pay off all of our debt no matter what. Like I didn't care if we didn't eat food. I was paying off our debt. And got a little crazy about it. And then I started noticing in my business that when people were trying to give me that money that I needed to pay off the debt and to pay my own bills, I started feeling really uncomfortable. And I started realizing that when I would tell a client my pricing, I kind of wanted to crawl in a ball, go in the corner and hide. And it just made me so anxious. And I was like, that's weird. And then another thing I realized was I would refuse to take credit cards in my business because I felt like if somebody put their portraits on a credit card, they were going into debt for me. And I didn't want anyone to go into debt for me. That was huge. <laughs> that's a, a unique one. <laughs> and I was like, that's kind of silly. Like, why am I not letting people pay on their credit cards? Maybe they just went airline miles. I don't know. And then I just started feeling like such a sense of dread and impending panic and doom every time I had to talk about pricing. I would have a phone call with a potential client and we get to the pricing part and I was like, I don't want to say it. Or I'd write down the price because if I didn't have to say it, it made it easier. Or I'd find my voice like cracking and doing weird things. And then I'd get to my image reveals where I'd show them their portraits and be like, you want to buy this piece of art? And I'd be like, it's going to be $300. And I would like be terrified. Now I charge like $3,000 for the same thing that I was terrified of saying $300 for before. <laughs> but I was driving down the road and I remember it hit me. All of a sudden, like all of these things hit me. And I was like, I think I have a money mindset issue. 
And at that point in time, I had no idea what all this stuff was. I was just like, I think I have a money mindset issue. And I went to Google and started Googling it and was like, oh, this is me. And I found someone to help me. So I think this is where Tina probably enters (laughs) into this. (laughs) And it's where Tina's like, yes, this is where you need someone like me in your life. If you feel like that and you're saying the things and feeling those feelings current as she felt, (laughs) that is a good sign. I think sometimes we think that our money impacts us in our personal life, but we forget that it really impacts us in our business, probably more so because we start reflecting the money on accident and then we go, why are we making any money? So what do you think some signs are that this whole idea of a money narrative could be impacting people's businesses. Sure. So thank you so much for sharing your story. I wanted to have like pom-poms and like cheering you on. I am going to be sharing some tips at the end of the episode to help you. And I think that you kind of explain that because one of the things I share is that you should rewrite the narrative. And one of the things that you just shared was you had a narrative about someone using a credit card and you just simply just shared that, hey, maybe the narrative that I can write is, hey, the person wants to use a credit card so they can get extra airline miles, right? Uh, You can go further into that later on. So how can we recognize that this money narrative is affecting us in our business? Is that we're overworking ourselves, we're feeling anxious, we're feeling overwhelmed, we're feeling stressed, we're always feeling like we're about to burn out, we're trying to stay afloat, all of those things, if it's coming up for you, those are indications that your money narrative is not aligned with the vision you have for both your life and your business. The way that I work with my clients is very integrative because I don't feel that even though as an entrepreneur, you set your own time, you don't have a hat that you take off and you go spend time with your family. It's really integrative process, and it's important that we be mindful how these narratives are showing up both, as you said, in our personal lives and our business. So I wanted to share my story because I think, you know, when you hear someone's story, you could identify with certain parts of it. My story was that I was working my nine to five and got really burnt out, and I was working my business at the same time in the midst of the pandemic in 2020 and had lost a loved one. So there was a lot of what we call life events going on. And my nervous system gave out and I started having what it felt like anxiety. It felt like someone was electrocuting me throughout my own body randomly at any time and I couldn't control it. And this feeling then led to insomnia and panic attacks and different things like that. And when I went to the doctors, they couldn't really identify what was wrong with me. And then after like long hours of searching, I went to the cardiologist, I went to the neurologist, my primary care doctor, and no one could really understand what was going on. And it was one of those in the middle of the night, you can't sleep and you just started Googling your symptoms. And then because I've been in in the field for so long, I finally put it together. What I was experiencing was anxiety jolts. And that pretty much means that the nervous system is overstimulated and it just, the the neurons are having a party and just, you wasn't invited to it. (laughs) That's how I like to explain that situation. It's just like too much is going on. And eventually what I realized is I was burned out. So with that said, my narrative, what contributed to me burning out is that I realized that I felt like I needed to work hard to get the money. So that meant 
sacrificing everything and my relationship with everyone to get the money because I was burnt out of my nine to five. I wasn't happy and I was trying to start the business and it meant that I needed to give it my all, right? 24 seven, I would be on date night thinking about the business. I would be hanging out with my friends and be talking about the business. It was the business, the business, the business, because everything was tied to quote unquote making the money. So that's pretty much my situation and that's how some signs that you can see that your your money narrative is impacting your business. Yeah, I think that's super interesting because people sometimes forget that your mindset, the things that are happening in your brain can make you physically ill and they lead to these weird things happening sometimes in our bodies that we can't explain. And everyone says, you're fine. And you're like, no, I'm not okay. Something is wrong. And the doctors are like, no, you're fine. All the tests are good. But it's kind of self-induced putting ourselves through torture at the expense of success and the hustle and working all the time. And it's funny that you brought this whole thing up because this has been on my mind a whole lot lately. You know, Dr. Julia. Yes. Yes. So I went to Dr. Julia's retreat in April, the end of April in Los Angeles. And at that time, I was coming off a very big event. I had like a month of my time where I work 24-7, knowing that after I'm done working 24-7 for that month, I get some time off and I get to relax and breathe. And I got there and it hit me like a ton of bricks. Like, wow, I am choosing to make things harder on myself than they need to be. I am doing more than I need to be doing for who? Like torturing myself. I sat there and was like, this is silly. And um, I don't know if you know Kristen Carver-Smith. She actually stood up and she sang. Um, and I shared a little bit of thought on a podcast episode earlier. And she was like, I didn't know what to say, but I felt like I just need to stand up here and I need to sing this for you. And she just like sang this song and was like, let it be easy. And I was just like, and it just like hit me. And I I think that the fact that this just came up and the fact that I had that experience and I left LA, I sat on the bus on the way back to the airport from the bus from the rental car drop off. And I sat there crying, typing up this big, long thing about choosing to let it be easy. And I'm sure everyone thought I was crazy on that tram, but it's fine. And I think that's really important. Like sometimes we overcomplicate things and we make things harder on ourselves. And I think that the real reason that we do that a lot of times is rooted in this whole mindset, money narrative, and also the way we're raised that in order to be successful, we have to work hard or we have to work more. Um, And I know that that's not 100% our money narrative here, but it's all interrelated. Like we're told all of these things about success and what being successful looks like. And then we grow up and we do what we're told growing up and what culture tells us that we should do. And then eventually it all comes crashing down on us at one point in time. And then we're like, holy crap, I need to take a hard look in the mirror and see what happened that led me astray. And I think that when we do that, we start to stop and to look back at like, how did I get to this place to begin with? And 
it's so like these little things that have happened in our life and these narratives that have been built into our brains that we don't even realize like somebody like a parent or a relative or a friend's parents that you used to go to their house a lot saying something like, oh yeah, well, I'm so successful because I work all the time. Oh yeah, I'm on the phone all the time because I'm working hard to make money. We have to work hard to make money. We have to be on the phone all the time. We have to do those things. So yeah, I feel like that is the root of why this mindset, why looking at our narratives and all aspects of our business is so hugely and wildly important. Yeah, I wanted to share that when I did the deep inner work, when I got burned out, I realized that my money narrative was almost over 60 years old. Like it was like two generations deep, you know, when you get to the root cause of it. And like when you ask yourself, the quality of the questions you ask yourself is really important. And it's like when you get to it, I realized it was because my grandparents had a lot of money and lost it due to due to a certain lifestyle of like gambling, for example, and they lost it all. So then they had to rebuild it back. And it was hard and it was difficult, right? Because you had to work really hard. That was 60 years ago. Mm -hmm. And because of that upbringing, my mom and my caretakers, they really had this idea that everyone was like, we have to work really hard. We have to work really hard. And it took away from the relationships, right? The, The quality time, it took away from just the expansiveness of what you could achieve in your life and different things like that. So sometimes you think it's like you, but it's actually stuff you, it's so generational. It has such a generational impact that you don't even know unless you really are curious to see where this stuff is coming from. Yeah. I think sometimes you grow up and you just hear these things and you you don't realize, and those of you that are listening to this that have kids, like this is Ooh, this is time to pay attention. Like, listen up here because yeah. I have a two and a half year old and I am like, gosh, I don't want to instill these same bad stories about money in my child as my parents instilled in me. Mm-hmm. And now that you say that about like grandparents, I start to think about even like my grandparents now, which I've never even gone that far to think about my grandparents, but to think about the way my grandparents were about money. I remember like little things like my grandmother, when I was growing up, she was taking care of me. We went to the grocery store because my parents were out of town and I was staying with her. I remember getting the register and she goes, where's your money? You didn't bring your own money to the grocery store? I'm like, I don't know, in sixth grade? And I'm like, no. <laughs> like, they were like, being like, can we go get ice cream after the grocery No, we can't go. Get- we cannot spend money on ice cream. You have ice cream at home, right? Yeah, yeah. Those little bitty things live with us forever and they impact us in our business. I mentioned this earlier, like we have to grow as people and we have to look at our own selves and our own lives and we have to like identify those things to be able to move on from them. And I would say like, this is why sometimes, sometimes you can do this stuff on your own but sometimes you need professional help to do these things. Like sometimes you need a person like Tina to be like, so Corinda, tell me about your grandparents. What were they like with their money? Did you know them? Sometimes you need somebody to dig to get you to that place because it can be really difficult to like 
really reflect on those things on your own. Yeah. yeah, As hard as we would like to be able to say, I can do this on my own. We're just vibing because you see how simple it was as we were talking about grandparents, right? And it was so simple that I didn't even need to ask you about your grandparents, right? That that lived experience automatically pre-populated in your mind. So the neurons in your brain was able to, to come to a conclusion based on the content of that conversation. So that is how simple it's like, it just goes on. It's like a default that we talk about something and your brain searches and it's like, okay, what do we know about this topic? And then that's how it is about money. Every time we're going to go sell something, we remember all of like those experiences that are linked to that specific experience. I just wanted to point it out because it's so simple as an example of how you were able to retrieve that memory of being in the grocery store. Yes. Can you, for people that who are listening to this and you're like, what brain neurons, <laughs> like what can you share like a very quick synopsis of this stuff is not just woo woo based. Like I like to use the word woo woo. This is not woo woo based. This is 110% science backed. Like you can study this, you can research it. If you're like, I don't believe in like the mantra, right? I don't believe in this whole, like, you make a new mantra and you make a new story for yourself and it changes things. But can you explain, like, the scientific piece of this or, like, very basic what that looks like? I can kind of stumble through it, but I'm sure you know more about it than I do. (laughs) Yeah, I like to read the books and simplify it for everyone. So pretty much you're born with a certain number of neurons in in your brain and then through your life the connections between the neurons and your lived experiences they make connections in the brain and every time certain things come up your brain then retrieves the information without getting too scientific so as i said it's like based on our five senses we're like okay these five senses is like a data so the way i could like simply explain it It's like a computer and all the data that you're putting into it from the five senses, say like you're treating it like a Google search. So it's like all the data that you're gathering through your five senses, the smell, the touch, the taste, what you hear and what you feel, you you gather all that data and then the brain makes a conclusion about it. And that is how this whole thing works. So every time, just as we were to give an example, we were talking about grandparents, we were talking about money narrative, we're talking about spending money, and then all of that stuff, your brain interpreted it, and it made a recollection of something that happened when you were in sixth grade. Does that make sense? (laughs) Yes, I think that's a great example. And I think it's kind of also like, you don't always realize that your brain is making the connection. Sometimes your brain isn't saying like, here's this memory that happened that's making you feel this way. Sometimes it's just as simple as a tightening of your chest or this like super uncomfortable feeling that you get that you're like, I kind of feel weird about this and I don't know why I feel resistance. It's the same part of our brain that keeps us from putting our hand on a hot stove. Our brain knows that that hot stove is going to hurt us. It doesn't have to tell us that when we were a little girl, we touched the stove when our mom told us not to and we burnt ourselves. Yeah. Our brain just knows, I probably shouldn't do that again because it's not a good idea. Yeah. And the only way to start to make shifts in that is to rewrite our stories and to use these 
mantras or look at, hey, the thought of somebody using a credit card makes me feel uncomfortable inside because I watched family members use credit cards and rack up credit card debt. And that resulted in major problems in their life. So for me, I don't want to touch a credit card. I don't want my clients to have to touch a credit card because it could mean the same thing for them. But what if them using a credit card is actually better for them? What if them using a credit card actually gets them airline miles so they can, for example, now we use credit cards so we can go to Hawaii every year and use our airline miles, (laughs) right? Like, what if that's the case? But all I'd been told in my own brain was that it was disastrous. So I think that kind of brings us to this point of how do you start to shift the narrative about your money and your life? Because really, this is a personal life thing before it's even business. How do you start to shift that narrative? What would you tell people if they're like, oh, man, I feel the resistance Money freaks me out. Yes, I've been listening to Karina's podcast and I hear her telling me I need to charge thousands of dollars and that people could spend ten or $20,000 on portraits. That's insane. How do I start to fix this and how do I start to essentially reprogram my brain so that my brain stops getting in my own way? There are so many things are coming up for me. I don't even know where to go, but one of the things that keeps coming up as we're speaking, and I, I, I just hope that we can talk about it, because one of the things that I think I had to deal with in becoming an entrepreneur and a lot of people is that you are the CEO of the business, but you're providing a service. And even though that you're the CEO of the business, right, the product is not tied to your self-worth, right? So the concept of charging you have to make that separation. It is not you you're selling to the potential client. It is a service that you're selling to the potential client. And because it's very common for us to tie sales and money and all of that stuff to our own self-worth, and I think it's really important just to make that distinction that you are a person, you're priceless, and you're providing a service. So the service is what the person is purchasing and not you or anything about you. I love that. And I actually, I don't think I've ever heard anybody say that like that. And I'm glad you pointed that out. Because I think as artists, we feel like our work is literally a piece of our heart and soul. Like if we are selling our portraits, they are literally taking our heart and soul and ripping it out with that piece of art. And I do think that is a piece of it is that we do kind of tend to associate selling our work and our art with selling a piece of us and our own self in that. And I think that does put things in a good perspective. We are not selling ourselves here. We are selling a service to our clients. So I love that you brought that up. And I think that's a really important distinction to make. Yeah, it's like you're using your skill set you know, each of us have our own brilliance and you're using your skill set to create a product, right? And oftentimes being in a service-based industry, for example, coaching, I am not selling myself. I have expertise that I have acquired through the years that have provided me with a skill set and expertise to provide a service to the client, but that has nothing to do with who I am or what, what I feel about myself. 
I mean, I'm human and stuff is going to come up, but it's my ability to navigate that is what's different, right? So some tips to really shift the narrative if it's not aligning with the vision you have for your life and your business. The first thing is what I just pointed out is to make sure that you're not connecting your self-worth to the products or services you're selling. So I like to think about it like it's something simple as like, it's like an actual product. Like the product that you're providing is the same product that's on the shelf at the stores. If you just kind of simplify it that way, it's like Mm -hmm. you're providing a tangible product that's on a shelf that has nothing to do with the people making it. I like that. And I've been saying this a lot the last year and I feel a little bit cynical when I say it, but it's like, if you were working for someone else and you were selling something for someone else, how would you treat it differently? Yes, definitely. It's a different version of the same thing, Mm -hmm. but it's just like really removing your self-worth from the product you're creating. Yeah. They're not intertwined. It's totally different. It's like a skill set rather than you as a person. One of the things also I wanted to point out that you said that I wanted to expand on was when we have certain feelings, we feel very restricted, right? We feel stressed, we feel overwhelmed, whatever that feelings for us, anxious. Some people get depressed, different things. It's really important that you know how your body responds to these undesired emotions, right? For me, when I feel that way, my I could see myself on the screen, like my ears. I just feel like heat is like coming out of my ears. Right? Some people get really sweaty palms. Some people, their throat starts closing up. Some people, their heart starts raising. Some people, they start sweating profusely. Whatever that is for you, I think it's important to attune to how your body is reacting and listen to that. Because if you try to push through that, that is when it's not nice. The body starts getting overwhelmed and stressed and different things like that. So being mindful of how those symptoms show up physically is really, really important. Mm -hmm. Then the other thing is that when you have that feeling arise, definitely change your environment, right? Because as I shared from the beginning, your environment plays a major role in that. So if you can possibly change your environment, possibly go to the bathroom, if you're in an office space, if you're at home, possibly go outside, get grounded, plant your feet on the ground and take three deep breaths. But also it's really important that we do a lot of writing because when we're writing stuff out on paper, it it just allows us to not ruminate on the situation or whatever we're going through. So even, I mean, I prefer handwriting. I know a lot of people have the phones these days, which is a, a good alternative, but it's really good to get like old school and get pen and paper and put it out. There's a whole bunch of science to back up why handwriting is really important. And these are some questions that I ask uh, my clients to review. Identify what feelings is coming up. Get super, super clear on what feelings. Are you feeling anxious, stressed, overwhelmed, or even feeling depressed? Try to identify what narratives are contributing to that feeling, right? Like, what are you thinking about that would lead to this feeling? Like, oh, I don't want to do this thing because I feel like people are going to judge me or I don't want to do this thing because maybe the client would say no to me. What specific thing is leading to that? And then this is the most powerful question. Where did this feeling originate? And that is like the, the key indicator because as we wish, I mean, I know we keep talking about this one thing, but I think it was like really powerful that came through you 
was that question about you and your grandma in the supermarket. Like you had a, a belief about something because that's where this narrative was originated, right? It was in that moment because I don't know how old you are, but like it's based on all this lived experience that you've had since then, but the brain was able to connect it to this moment in time in this current conversation. So where did the feeling originate from? Acknowledge that it's not serving you because it doesn't feel expansive, right? It's actually making you feel really crappy. It's not really serving you. And I ask you to, once we identify the original narrative, to create a new narrative. So like as you gave us a really great example about how you created that new narrative about the client using the credit cards. It's like, hey, now I give them an opportunity to create more miles on their credit cards so that they can go have amazing experiences and vacations with their families in beautiful places like Hawaii. So that is what I would recommend. I love that. Those are such good practical tips that I think anyone who's listening to this, like, get your piece of paper out today. (laughs) Do not put this off. Like, do this. This stuff is literally life-changing. And I think that we have two options as business owners. We can decide that we're just going to keep working ourselves to the bone and we're just going to work, work, work really hard. Or we can take a step back and say, how can I work on myself? How do I stop these feelings that put me in a bad place and start to shift them? And really just deciding like today to stop letting something as simple as the silly sideways remarks that our family and our friends said to us when we were really young that they meant as harmless, that have stuck with us till today. And to just make the decision to start to change those things. And I think it's also important to remember here, if you feel like these things are too big for yourself to dive into, because you have a lot and you're like, there's a lot of, there's a lot of baggage here, Corinda. Like the thought of even thinking about those things makes me want to just cry. Get help. I'll bring this up and Tina, this is kind of out of left field, but like if you have a therapist, not all therapists are created equal. You might need to find somebody who is a coach. And I use the word coach because I think coaches from what I've been told and what has been explained to me from actual clinical trained therapists is that coaches have the ability to help you in more ways than a traditionally trained only therapist does. If someone's working under the title of a therapist, they're held under the license of therapy world and what they can and cannot do and the ways they can and cannot help you. Really, I would say seek out a coach, somebody who specializes in coaching people through these feelings and these emotions. And also there's a lot of coaches that are clinically trained in the therapy space or the social working space or all of those things. And they are so good at what they do. I say this because I have talked to so many photographers in the past. I have multiple coaching clients who tell me like, I've had a therapist that I've gone to for years and we've never talked about this stuff. It might be a good sign today that maybe you need to find a new person to talk to or at least interview a few people and find out like maybe if there's some better options for you out there, if you do need that more strategic, personalized help 
to go through these things. I can guarantee you that if I had held on to all those stories about money and my money narrative that I had, I would not be where I'm at. I would have given up on my business years ago. And I would say if I could attribute one thing for just completely opening up an entirely new level in my business, it was working on myself and my own mindset and my money stories. It changed everything for me. So hopefully that gives those of you that are listening to this a bit of advice. And also if you're feeling stuck on this and you're just feeling overwhelmed by it, don't have to do it alone. There is an opportunity to get help and guidance and support. And this is the first thing in my coaching program, like the very first module of my coaching course is mindset. And we talk about mindset and we go through like all of these things and all these fears and all these worries that you might be experiencing. And we talk about how to change them. I am by no means a mindset expert. I am no enough to help. (laughs) I'm not as smart about all of the stuff or not as trained as people like Tina herself would be on this topic. So I think this has been hugely helpful and really cool to just talk through this. Do you have any other thoughts on this, Tina, that you want to share or anything else that you're just like, this has to be said right now because I need to get this off my brain? <laughs> Oftentimes, one of the things is like we we do the black or white kind of concept where it's if I have this feeling, it's a bad thing and we start shaming and guilting ourselves into it. Know that it shows up for the best of us, even myself. So I am human just like you. And I want to let you know that it's normal. The anxiety, the depression, the overwhelm, the stress. And I even attest that I was burnt out myself. The thing is that it shows up. It's how frequently and the longevity of it showing up is what really matters, right? Because it's all there to keep us safe, right? Like we want to make sure that we get stressed out because it's saying that we're overworking ourselves, right? So it's really important for us to identify that it's okay to feel those things. It's how often it comes up and how long it stays for. So it's okay to feel anxious because you're doing multiple things at one time or you know, maybe things are just not going as planned for a day. But if you're continuously anxious day after day after day, that is when it's really important that you seek professional help. I just want to make sure that we're clear on it's totally normal to feel the things. It's how long and frequent that it comes around. Yeah, I think that's a really great point. And I think this is why like when I made my coaching program, I felt like it was so important to address this whole mindset thing first. In the creative space, you have people who talk a lot about taking pretty photos or being a better photographer. And then you have people that talk about business. But there's not a lot of people that talk about the fact that sometimes your mindset and your brain and your emotional well-being impacts your business and how to manage that and how to deal with it because it can feel like a roller coaster at times. And I try to be honest and transparent with people and show the good, the bad, and the ugly. And I'm 11 years into business and there's still some days when I'm like, dang, this is hard. But over time, it gets easier to deal with. I think in the early years, and I use this analogy, and I heard this actually somewhere else, so this is not my idea, but someone said, it's like there's a roller coaster. And when you're in business, you can either choose to ride the roller coaster with your business emotionally, 
Or you can choose to sit on the sidelines and watch the roller coaster and say, wow, man, kind of in a low spot right there. What are we going to do to get it back up? And for years, I used to ask myself this, and I'm much better. I find the days I have to ask myself now, this are very few and far (laughs) between. But I used to ask myself this, are you riding the roller coaster today? Or are you choosing to watch the roller coaster? And I think that this relates back to that whole thing you said of like, you're not selling yourself. You're selling a service. You're selling your work, not yourself. Yes. And I think it's that same thing of separating business as well. And I'm sure we can get on a whole topic about this probably has to do with boundaries Yes, on your time and your energy and all of these things too that impact these things. But I think that that is super, super important to remember. Definitely, definitely. I am so glad we got to talk today about this. There's so many other things I just want to pick your brain about and just (laughs) go on and on about. So tell everybody how they can find you, where you're at, what you're up to, how you can help them if they want more help with any of the stuff we've talked about today. Sure. So my name is Tina Simon, just as a reminder. And the name of my business is called The Coachanizer, C-O-A-C-H-A-N-I-Z-E-R. The name was founded because we are all part of systems and I help you organize all areas of your life. The difference between uh, what a traditional business coach will do is that I sit down and we talk about leads to your laundry because they both lead to stressors in your life if you don't know. So you can find me on social media at Coachanizer, both on Facebook and Instagram. And uh, my website is www.thecoachanizer.com. I love that. And I'll include all of Tina's links in the show notes as well. So y'all can go link right to her. Thank you so much for joining us. This has been so fun to talk through with you. And I love everything we've gotten to share today. And I cannot wait to hear what everyone's thoughts are about this. Send us a message, DM us, let us know what your thoughts are, what your takeaways were. Go share this podcast on your stories or on your page if you feel like there's somebody that really needs to hear this stuff. I think even your non-business friends and your non-photographer friends could benefit from this type of conversation. And I think that if everybody in the world knew that this was a possibility, the world would be so much of a better place. So thanks for tuning in, guys. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to support the podcast, please make sure you share it on social media or leave a rating and review. As always, you can check out the links and resources in the show notes over at masteryourmindmoney.com. To catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram at masteryourmindmoney. And don't forget to join our free Facebook group, Photography Business Tune-Up with Corinda K. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.